everybody, and welcome back to the Diversity Life podcast. My name is Devin Stidham, and with me today we have the host of the PC Gang over there, Kyle Ritchie. How are you today, brother? Oh, I'm good, man. Feeling way better than the last time I was on the show. Hey, just, man, at least you are feeling better. That. That's what we like to hear. The last sure. time I was on the show, I had like I broke a tooth and I had a massive toothache. And dude, I came on here and I just powered through it because I knew like Devin needs to get content out. I need oh, to get yeah. content out. Fuck it, I'll just I'll be all right. I took a pain pill and I just came in and branded through that and dude ever since then so i still i was telling your old lady or my lady i was like it's like he's got like a healing aura he oh just... yeah man try to and this is the thing man that a lot of people i am not a fan of toothaches no no one toothaches, is like i've broke bones in my life I'd rather break and bones. toothaches are a no-go for me i get pissed it shuts me down i like it's like bedtime I just if get, I, my yeah. tooth's hurting real bad i'm like laying down there's nothing else like you said some pain medication and, and I'm hanging down is the only thing that's going to make it better. So I'm, I'm hanging out the rest yeah, of the well, night. We're glad you're feeling better, bro, and we're happy to have you here. So today we're going to talk uh, a little bit about a couple different things, uh, men's mental health. We're going to dive into that a little bit. Uh, I've got something wrote on here, uh, just human separation, men versus women in today's society. I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. And, um, and then we're going to touch on the uh, this trans thing that you brought up to me about the, this... Uh, I guess this topic that's going around right now um, that people are debating about talking about this guy and his experience with being trans and you know dealing with sexuality on both sides of the spectrum. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna dive into that a little bit too. To get started with this, men's mental health. Uh, let's hear your perspective on this and just see where the conversation takes us from there. Well, I think uh, like one of the there's so many things to touch on men's mental health. Like the perspective I have of. Like one of the big things I believe in is I think there is such a a twisted sense of what masculinity is like, like because you know the phrase toxic masculinity gets yeah. thrown around a lot and I I do think there is a such thing I don't think it's not real like oh, I do yeah. think there is a such, like but to me it's a very specific way to do things like to me toxic masculinity is the idea that like as a man you have to shoulder all of your burdens completely by yourself. And they have nobody or nothing yes, to lean on. Yeah, and that everyone has is you are the thing that everyone leans on and you have no one that you can, you know, shoulder burdens with. And to I think that cause is such the root cause of so many issues for men. Oh yeah, man. Just, Lack of communication. Seriously. Well and I think it teaches men to isolate themselves. Like I yeah, think it teaches from a you very young age. Yes. Too. It from teaches a very you young age. Oh, it's so weird. Like I was thinking about this the other day because I was thinking about like my fiance stepsons like we are everyone is so empathetic to them and obviously so they're you know children but like everyone is so kind and empathetic and like anytime they have a problem they are right there all of us are immediately there to help but at some age especially for older generations that is that just no longer is a thing you know what i mean like you hit a certain age where that like that's no longer a thing that happens to you. The things that are happening to you in your life are things that you deal with by yourself. You're, you, you're not catered to. No. In a sense. I get that. I, cause in, in, honestly, I, I see this in my own kids' lives. You know, This is really hard as a parent. Something to not only not inhibit what you learned as a child, because <clears throat> let's face it, most of us grew up in a household where our parents didn't have everything sorted out like emotionally financially financially you know like all of these different aspects of life 
a lot of the times we were born into the world and our parents didn't even have it figured out. So they struggled along the way, right? And what I find in in my situation is that, like, I see that in my kids, you know. A lot of times my kids just turn to me for the most minuscule of things. Things that they are 100% capable of, you know. Oh, yeah. But internally, it's it's like a subconscious automatic thing to just take care of it for them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, you're their father. Because I'm the dad. You know, I feel like... To, to you, to it me, is, it's, it's not like, even... It's second nature. It's, it's second nature, but... I'm slowly learning to like break myself of that, you know. Like, Mia is Mia will be seven in October, my daughter, and she, you know, just just recently, in like this last three four months, I've gotten to a point where like if she's hungry, I get up and go make herself something to eat, girl. Yeah, but like if you're thirsty, oh, get yeah. up and go get something. Like you make a mess, you need to clean this up. You got to be accountable. Like I'm trying to take steps to teach that. You know, because yeah. for like her whole life, dude, like I just gave her, she made a mess, I cleaned it up. She did this, I did that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And as they get older, you really, you see the effects of that. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, and part of that is like, yeah, you were, it, like what you're saying is you have to teach them a sense of independence. Like they have to understand, like clean up after themselves and understand everything like that. More what I'm in, like talking about is like, like obviously, like here's the thing, like yeah, your child will reach a certain age where you're not gonna clean up after them and shit like that. But I don't feel like you will ever, like if your, like if your daughter was 22 years old and she was like, Dad, I need 200 dollars to pay the rent. Immediately. You, yeah, you immediately. are immediately gonna give it to her. And my thing is like, I feel like there is a gen, like our generation and previous generations are more likely to like you do that. But there is something in that like. I hate saying that it's older people, but it does feel like it's mainly older people where, like, that hold that against you yeah, more yeah. than people our age would against their children. It's like, like, like it's to like them, it's, it's a, more of a favor than it is doing it, like, something Yes, love. like, when you get, you reach a certain age, your parents helping you out becomes, like, almost like a, like a debt instead of, like, they're your parents, they're keeping you alive, you know right. what I mean? They're helping you, say, and right. it's... To me, I'm just like, at what age is that? A th- like, you know what I mean? At what age does that turn off? I, I wouldn't even and, say is it is it an age or is it a when when they become self sufficient? Really? Yes, I, well, that's what I was gonna say. Is it just like a thing where we just expect them after you reach a certain? I think it's just I don't know. I just think it's a certain maturity level. Like it, once you do a set number, like once you can drive a car, once you can do this and that, that is when we expect them to like you know become adults. But my point, and, I, and I've always brought this up, is your brain doesn't even fully develop until you're 24 years old. No, that's actually, so the hey, I on that. I actually, I, I I read something the other day in a book. The human brain is not fully developed until 28 years. Yeah, old. it's something insane. Like 20, it gets 28 years old, man. Like I'm not even 28. Yet. So to I'm me, 27 in like So a big point for me, like, is the idea that we expect these kids just because we give them all this shit when they turn 18, 19 to act like adults is silly. Foolish. Foolish. Yeah, like, uh, but that's the standard, and that's what's crazy is like that. Is, that, in I don't know if it, I'm not going to speak for other countries, but in America, like, dude, that's the standard. Oh yeah, you know, 18 years old, you're an adult. You go out yeah. and get a job. You go to work. That that. I mean, there are some people who take it like you. Like there are some people who like kick their kids out at like 18. Yeah, you know what I mean, who force their who force you to leave. Force home. you to leave. And see, and, that, and that's one thing that I will uh, personally I will never do because I want to. I, I kind of want to dive in on that. That's kind of important right there is, you know, making your kids move out at 18. I, I don't see what the fuck that's even about. Well, you know, uh, honestly, because no. for one. That's still a child. You have to get. First off. It's a still a child. Dude. Like, I mean, it's, yes, old, it is. a. This is a. 
an old, a young adult, so to say, someone who is who is concognitively it's a de- teenager still. Yeah, determine right and wrong. She's no, a teenager. but she like like let's just like you know like you're still going through puberty basically. You're yeah. still, going, still growing you still have hormones. Still you still have like you have so much life to experience. Like yeah. tell even, even at eighteen, there are some eighteen year olds who are still virgins. Like there are some eighteen year olds who've never had sex. Like right, right. and the idea that that person is ready, needs, to, go is ready to go out and live by themselves. And take on everything at, that the world has to throw at them. That is, yeah, right. uh, you're asking a lot of a very young person. Yeah, hell yeah, you are. And here's the thing. I'm I'm not saying that there are people that do it. Yeah, there are. I'm sure there are millions of young people. Just poking. I was speaking of young people. The young person yeah. just poked their head. And young millions of young people who move out you know, at very young ages and are perfectly fine. And that's very impressive. But I'm saying this like judgment we have of people who hit like. But and here's the thing. 18 is not my age. But when you hit 23, 24, 25. Mm-hmm. 26 and you still live at home like people start to judge you heavily right. and here's like well, obviously we're gonna get to what you're saying but like another thing we want to bring up is like even more so if you're a man oh yeah yeah like yeah. and i like and there are a lot well obviously because we'll, there are there are we'll dive into like the differences between precedence is set in stone yeah. like for a man you know you're 18 you graduate high school you're going off to college yeah or you're working yeah or you, you go to work collar trade you know you're 23, 24, 25. You've been in the workforce for a while now. You understand how things go. Maybe you've got a woman, a kid on the way. You know what I'm saying? But like you're still trying to finesse your way through and learn the ropes of being on your own, man. You know? And once you hit that plateau, once you hit 25, 25, 26 years old, that's when things really start to snap together and you realize, like, hey, this isn't really all it's cut out to be. Like, this is hard as hell, and that's and a lot of times, and I'm gonna, I, I'll even use myself here. Like there are times whenever I've had to, you know, ask my mother, you know what I mean, for financial help or I mean, helping my has. children or whatever everyone it may has. be, you know. But in that essence, I like to think of that as something that she does for me out of pure love, you know, what I mean? because she, in my, in my situation, it's never a oh, well, you're just not that far along yet, or you're yeah. not doing enough yet. It's like, I get it, and I'm here for you, and I love you, you know? And and that is, that it's helpful, you know what I mean? Like, people really, really, really sleep on having, like, it's like you said, man, growing up and, and having somebody. Like, we, yeah. we were talking a little bit earlier. Having about somebody to depend on, that you can depend on. Depend, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Seriously. Well, to me, dude, it teaches you, like, I think an underrated prospect of having a parent that loves you unconditionally is it teaches you how to love people unconditionally. You know what I mean? Like, it shows you, like, when a parent is un- unconditionally loves you, and I'm not saying that, like, they let you get away with everything. I'm saying they love you unconditionally. No yeah. matter, like, even if you do dump something stupid yeah, no and you are going to get punished for it, they still love and care about you. Right, right, right. And I, I think that is such a, a valuable tool going forward in your life. It, oh, dude. And I am like, this is, I'm the epitome of this, you know? Like, I was, I don't know how old I was, maybe 22, 23, drove my mom's car, got a DUI in my mom's car. Horrible situation, Yeah, right? I mean, that's rough. But, but guess what, bro? My mom, she still loves me, dude. Yeah. Like, unconditionally. Like, the car, well, and here's the, the situation, none of it matters. The only thing that matters is that I'm okay and that, like, I'm healing mentally from that. Yeah, you know what, what I mean? was she mad at you that you 
got drunk and drove her car. I'm sure. So she of was fucking she was infuriated. Mad. Sure, she was infuriated. However, and she, I bet her her first priority when she got the was phone call making sure that I was, was okay. making sure that you were, is my son okay and B how to get you out of jail. Like, I'm sure it's all she thought. See, and, 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 you know, she she told me, she was like, I let you sit in there for four days. Yeah. You know, and, and it's tough love. I get it. You know what I done in there for four days, bro? I sat in there and I thought for a good, long, hard time. And things changed up here. Yeah. For me. You know what I'm saying? So, in it's it sucked. Wouldn't wish it upon anybody, ever. But no. do, I, do I regret it? No, I don't, because it taught me a valuable lesson. You know what I mean? I mean? It always does, man. It every, always does, bro. Every but the unconditional love is still, still there. Th- this happened years ago, years ago when I was when I was a kid. You know what I mean? And my mother obviously sees more in me than that. Oh, Loves yeah. me still for oh, yeah. all of that. Well, dude, shit. like here's the thing. Like my mom doesn't like my parents. Like I, I did a very good job of hiding who I really was. Like, and, and part of it is because I was slightly disabled as a kid. Like I, I was, you know, I have a, a heavy ADHD with a touch mm-hmm. of autism. So, like, I feel like I was able to get away with more because people didn't expect me to be as coherent as I right. was. Oh, yeah. So, when I got to the A, and I wasn't naturally a troublemaker, but I befriended a lot of troublemakers. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I love my friends. Like, I love Hunter, right. and I love Kyle, and I love my friend Cameron, and I, I love you. And But we were, you know, they we were. We were a fucking group of hellions. Yeah, bro. And because that's just... That's what we all grew up around, too, though. You know, really, when you think about it, you think about Kyle and Hunter and me. Yeah. And just our upbringing and, and stuff. It's all, that's what well, made, that's, made the hellion, you, you know? know the thing, one of the things I have wrote down here is how your environment shapes you. Like, oh, it's such a big oh, piece of who everyone is. And like, oh, man. Like, what you were talking yeah. about, with like, like what you're, you're discussing, because a big thing you want to dive into is, like, staying at home and your parents helping support you into, like, up to a deep age in your life. I think that, to me, like, yes, you can get people who are spoiled, and that's obvious. Like, you see it in life. People right. who are who have been babied their entire life right. and have a, you know what I mean? But I think also, you, like I said, you get people who, humans who are very compassionate and who are willing to hear someone out. And they understand the difference between, you know, coddling someone and just taking care of someone you love. Like, because okay. there is a difference. There's a... There's a difference between your parents coddling you and they're just, they're your parents. They're not going to let you live out on the fucking street. Like, there's just a, like, you know what I mean? Like, my dad was always very, like, you know, he was very hard in the Mm -hmm. sense, like, he wanted us to be, like, instilled with respect and, like, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. Like, it was always stuff like that with my dad. But he would never like if my dad heard that i was like living in my car he would never allow that he would immediately invite me to live in his home with him yeah yeah, like without hesitation and dude to me i think it's crazy that there is a generation of people that like that's not to them that's not a common thing it's not an option no that was like like in the 60s and 50s like our grandparents like that wasn't something that happened when you were out of the house you were out of the house yeah and that's crazy to me and i think that breeds like that that is such a it's so interesting to think about like how yeah. we go from that to where we are now because like you gotta think the people who were raised that way raised their kids somewhat that way but they were softer like in the 70s and 80s yeah you had a lot of parents that were still like that but there were more parents that were willing to be with their children you know what i mean oh, like yeah. help their children out and it's it's gotten to a point now where i think like some people think we 
coddle our children, our generation. And I just, I don't think that's true. No, it's not. I think, I think we, it's, it's evolution. Yes. Like you said, it's it's, the, it's exactly. You want to know why parenting is different in 2023 than it was in 1970? Because it's 2023, bro. It's not 19 fucking 70 anymore. Yeah. And we, we know more. Times are changing and things are changing. People are changing. Like the world around us is changing and people have to change with it, you know? Like we've got, there's fucking robots on this planet now, dude. There's artificial intelligence on this planet now, dude. Like these things were not a thing in the 70s. Like the way the world has, is moving now in the direction that it's moving, like things have to shift and things have to change. So <clears throat> I think that really people just need to, I know this is, this is going to kind of take us off topic a little bit of what we're talking about, but this is going to dive into my show a little bit, dude, and what I like to talk about is because I feel like once people are able to heal the emotional side of all the shit that's wrong, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Well, if, you, if you're able to finally fix the broken shit inside of you, you're not going to be uh, upset. Say, say your son. Say your, say you're 45 years old, right? And say your 25 year old son calls you, and he's like, "Dad, man," he's like, uh, "I fucked up. I fucked up, dude." I fucked up bad and I'm in the hole and like I, I need I need some help. I need your help. I need your help. <clears throat> At this point, if you're emotionally detached, right, you don't, you're not letting the circumstance of your son make you feel some kind of way on the inside, right? And I'm doing the work on this, bro. This shit is so hard. It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life is trying to master my emotions and the way that I feel. Yeah. But like, if you can do this, none of that shit matters. You're going you're gonna to instantaneously say, son, it's okay. I understand. We're, go- we're going to make it work. We're going to figure it out. And then you have that love and understanding. But I, th- I think part of it is I like... I feel like uh, this is... I, I watched a podcast of Danny Morell, man. And he made a really good point. He was like, if there's ever a situation that happens and it makes you upset, makes you sad, what whatever the feeling is that you're feeling... Um, it's a mirror. It's because whatever, like whatever's being told or what's being said, is troubling you on the inside. So, say that kid, say that twenty-five-year-old kid's like, "Dad, I fucked up, dude. And I'm in a hole." And then that 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 dad, if he's like, if he's like, "No, like you fucking put yourself here. Yeah. You fucking done this. Like you gotta fucking fix it." You know what that is right there? That's his dad saying that to him, and him saying that to his son. Exactly. Out of fear, bro, is all that is. And, like, that gives me goosebumps to say that on the camera because that shit is true and it's crazy. Because once you're able to, like, differentiate that, like, man, you look at the world in a whole different way. Oh, yeah. It really is true. Because, like, it's like anybody, like, anybody that ever needs anything now from me, you know, now that I've been on this little bit of a journey, I've started my show, I'm healing emotionally. Anytime that anybody ever needs anything from me, a favor, it's instantaneous. It's without reward. It's me just trying to be compassionate and do the best that I can do to help somebody else. You know? And, like, that all stems from just the emotional healing, bro. I feel like that that's just a huge part. You know? And that that plays a big part in society and the way that men are the way that they're like. Oh, yeah. We want to dive into that conversation. Look, me bringing that up takes us straight into the next topic we're going to talk about, which is, like, why, like, why men are dickheads. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean... Truthfully. Dude, it's, it, it really what it is to me and is I'm like, not, And I'm not singling out men. This is nothing indirect. I mean, I am. I'll single person. out men. As a man, I will, I will single out men. Like, I, listen, I... 
I single out men because this is what I've always said. Like the video that I, I sent you, a big thing that I took away from it is to me it reveals how hard it is for men to establish long-lasting friendships with other men. Like it, yeah. it it's it's a very like painful. Like I'm not saying it's hard to like you know what I mean. Like it, everyone always has these videos where they're like, oh, it's, how easy it is for men to make friends. I'm like, yeah, but like the people you meet on campus where you're just like, like what's up, bro, and you slowly start so, hanging out. An association. And a deep friendship, bro, two completely different things. Let me tell you something right now. I know a lot of motherfuckers, bro. I know so many people. Anytime I'm out, I'm seeing somebody I know. Yeah. Just because I'm acquainted with so well, here's many thing. people. You're not only not only acquainted, but like people you're friendly with. Like people yeah. that you'll be like, oh, what's up, bro? How's the family? Uh, yeah, how's about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chit chat. They Please. might even tell you they like. They might even be like, love you, bro. And you might be like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like straight up, something along the lines. But I get what you're saying about the deep. The deep, like, friendships, man, because in my life... Men do I not... Had, dude, Kyle, I had bad problems with this, bro. Listen, I had... So, I had the dad issues, bro. Like, bad. Like, my dad was the, you know, drug addict, was not there for me, did not teach me the things I needed to know uh, growing up, and I had to learn all this on my own, so, like, i just done stupid fucking shit, though. Seriously, I mean, everything that I could have done to sabotage a friendship with someone that I grew up with, bro, I done it. I done it. Subconsciously, though. Like, yeah. Not, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I have a friend, I'm not going to mention his name on the air. Um, man, we were best friends, middle school, high school, graduated high school, best friends, dude. Yeah. Best friends. Thought, bro, I had, I had Mia, godfather, best friend. Made a stupid decision. Cheated on Kristen for no reason, but internal pain. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Just to just to try to escape internal pain, you know. And doing that made me lose that friendship, bro. I just was thinking about this guy today. I'm not lying to you. On my way to, on my way <clears throat> running some errands today, I was thinking about this guy. I haven't, I haven't talked to him in six, seven years, bro. Other friendships I've had scattered throughout my life, bro. I can't, I, I can't tell. I don't have one close friendship that I have had since childhood. Broke, broken, broken. And, and that, that, that is painful, bro. You know, that's painful. And don't get me wrong. I have great friends, dude. Don't get me wrong. I have best friends now. Yeah. You know, now that, I, now that I'm here mentally, yeah. I've, I, I'm able to establish and separate myself from the internal pain that I've had, work through that, get through that. I have deep friendships now, bro. Like, I have guys that I can go and talk to if I've got something going on. They're like the bubs, and they're there for me no matter what. <clears throat> but in that sense, like, so many people, and, and women, women are, are really big on this, bro. How many, how many women you know have childhood best friends still? Oh, all of 25, 30 yeah. years old, still got childhood best friends. Well, my uh, future wife, she's still friends with her best friend from high school. Yeah, yeah. Which is very rare in today's day and age. I mean, I'm all, I'm still very good. Like all the people I'm close with, like Kyle and Hunter, yeah. I'm been close to them since high school. But that's two. She knows like everybody still from high school. To me, it is like the camaraderie you see between women a lot. You don't see a lot between men. Like they're like they're all so friendly with each other. And like you said, like to me, it is how close they get so quickly. Oh yeah, that is what it is to me. Like like how I met my my future wife. She's friends with my. With my best friend's, you know, old lady. The Hunter's old lady? Yeah. And oh, okay. that was how we met. And she, like, and 
but they had only known each other for a couple of years, and that's what I always told her. Like, I was jealous of their friendship in the sense that, like, I was, I'd never get that close to people that quickly, ever. Right. And you and Hunter. Been... Yeah, like, friends for a decade. And I was like, me and, you know, I mean, we just, like, it's a, it's a, maybe it's, maybe it's just because men are so socially repressed in the sense that, like, we don't, you know what I mean? You don't talk about those things with other men. Right. Unless yeah. you have been friends forever and ever, amen. Because then you're feeling, you know, like, you, like, you already, like, you, you don't have to talk, you can talk about it with them because they already know. Right. They were there with you. Like right. they yeah. watched you go through this. They watched you grow up through your trauma. Yeah. Whereas opening up to someone you Bro, just oh, met yeah. about everything that's happened to you and in your life, know the deepest, darkest shit. It's hard. Yeah. yeah, man. You don't get that connection very often. No. You don't. Right? That's why. That's why childhood friendships, like, like everyone always talks about, like how long men are able to stay friends. That's why men are friends for so long because it's so hard. The idea of opening up to new people. It's why, like, you see friendships with like. I mean, I hate saying it, but, like, you see men have friends where they're just, like, that guy's a dick. Like, he's a bad friend to you, and you tell this to your friends. But that's, they've been friends for so long that they just, they can't let go of that connection right. because they're, like, well, he knows me better than, like, I can't tell other dudes that. Well, see, dude, oh, my God, this is crazy good, man. That right there, what you just said, basically what that is is... If you're if you're if you're that person that can't let go of that friend, right? It's because that like basically you you built your whole identity around being this person's like best friend. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And without this best friend, who are you? Damn. How, how, yeah. deep, how deep is that? Sit and think about that for a second, dude. How deep? With, with, without if I break this off, it breaks off. Every single thing, every yeah. aspect of my life, finance, yeah. emotions, friendship, love, yeah. blah, 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 blah. You jot them down, bro. You break off that, you, you end that, and it spiderwebs out across the whole thing. And you're like, oh, dude, I can't let go of that. Fuck that. And then you hold on to that at all costs, bro. And then you're living a whole... Dude, it's... it's you're, living, you're literally living in a literal Here's world. the thing. The crazy thing about what you just said is that is all relationships. Like, when men have... Like, it's when you see men that, like, like, when you have, like, men who are who are abusive in a sense of, like, a relationship sense, but they cannot let go of this person they are abusing. Like, that is, it's the same kind of thing that you just said. Like, they have built their entire identity, their entire life around being in a relationship with this person. And when that person gets ready to leave, they, it, it destroys their reality. And I think for a lot of men, like, the reason that is, is it's so hard to build a sense of community. Like, the reason women don't like a lot don't snap like that like you do have women who snap but usually it is years of the woman being abused and then she fights back and kills the man it's not <laughs> right. it's not the like like with men snap like it's like he's trying almost like he cannot let go of this life he's built for himself and i think the reason you see that is like where women there is a, like a lot of the time women have friends like a support system when they get out of a bad relationship whereas like as someone who's been in a toxic relationship, and I'm not going to name her, but I was toxic, she was toxic, it was a whole thing. But, like, you know, she did bad things to me, I did bad things to her. When she, we got out of that relationship, she had an army of friends to support her. And, like, it's just a thing, like, you don't feel comfortable as a man, like, sharing your experiences being abused in a relationship with a woman. Like, so you don't... With, with, oh, with other men. Yeah, so you don't, not, so, you don't that, have that, that sense of community. Your, that, that literally takes away your masculinity. Yeah. Or you feel like it does. I'm not going to say it does, but, because I'm not going to speak for anyone or anything, but you feel that. Like, when you have to open up to your friends about 
a woman abusing you, which in the essence, like you're the man. That should never be the case, but a lot of times it is, and people don't realize it. You know what I'm saying? People don't see it. Yeah, man, that's crazy. That's, yeah, dude. That's it, it's, though. It's because it literally is because of that simple fact right there, bro. It's like you just you you're afraid to open up. You just and that's what the not, there's oh, yeah. no comfort there. Well, in the cycle you're talking about, I was in that cycle. Like I felt like when I was with her, like it was the same thing for both of us. Like it's oh, yeah. why we were together for so long. Was we just felt like like who are we if we are not together? Even though I'm just like that I, was me too. Yeah, even though I was. I met my wife now. That was oh, yeah, me. Dude. And I was back like, and <laughs> forth, off and on, my whole goddamn life. Yeah, and dude. then I met her, and everything changed. Dude, for me, it was just like like it's one of those things. Like it's such a weird relationship to be in when you're with a woman. She clearly doesn't love you anymore. You clearly don't love her, but you just can't get away from each other. First off, I, I mean. Part of that is when you're young and you're tasteful, the sex is usually pretty great. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna argue with you. Yeah, I mean, well, I feel like I mean everyone would agree with that. I mean, I this was years before I met my fiance, and uh, obviously my fiance is chef's kiss. We're getting married, and no one else has been able to get me to fucking settle down. So <laughs> right. there's guy. There I mean, are. she's doing several things right, but my sense is like it's just it's such an it, like a toxic almost like affinity for each other like you just you know each other so well but because you know each other so well it's why you dislike each other but you also can't get away like it's such a an interesting thing and like you said to be when you are a man it it feels like like when i get out of this relationship i'll have nothing nothing you know what i mean whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship yeah i'll have nothing yes you know what's crazy so you brought up your situation with your, you know, your ex and the vicious cycle of, uh, you know, toxic behavior on both sides. I've written right here. So in the vicious cycle of repetitive behavior, right, which is what that is, back and forth, going back, 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 fighting, 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 toxic, no good for each other, right? That's when personal growth comes into the picture. So this is what I have written down right here that I kind of want to talk to you about. In my journey with the personal growth, right, this is the beginning of the journey. Acceptance that we are so, so fucking, so small. Like, so small. You know? Just... Yeah. And acceptance that we are all one consciousness together. And I don't know if this is something that you've kind of dove down. Have you ever looked into that, like, universal consciousness? Yeah, that we're all one being. Kind one, of. Just, yeah, yeah. One being, but separated to live a separate... Existence. Um, Check it on your camera. That's a little deep. Yeah, still going. Little... Got a good. Got a good view of myself there. Well, here's the thing. Self if it, care. If it goes out. I'll you can have this one. I'll switch this one to you because we got plenty of footage of me. Oh yeah, for sure. You just swap back and forth. Yeah. Self care though, dude. That's a big one. Oh my god, that's such a big one. Oh well, yeah. Taking care of yourself is so important for everyone. Like. And how many people, dude? No, so many people truthfully don't. take. So many people don't. Do it. People do I truthfully know that take care of themselves? Um, I will. I will put myself out there. You I, do. I don't. You know. I you mean, have. I, before, you do. You do. I. I do. When you get the opportunity. I do, but like, there's so much that comes down to it, bro. Like when it comes to self care, it's like making sure that you're checking on your body, making sure that you're all good because this vessel is all that we have, bro. You know what I'm saying? So always checking in with the body. Meditating, Dude, you know it's what I mean. Mind. Separating That's, yourself, yeah. using your mind, and then also food, man. Eating, and this is a big one for me. It's like me, me you, and and you know 
the lady the lady Stidham were talking yeah. earlier, like food is a huge one. It is so awful how many pesticides and toxins are used in foods that and, and don't get me wrong, you piss out a lot of toxins. Your liver, you know what I mean? The organs in your body, it keeps you alive. But yeah. there are toxins, heavy metals that are fat soluble that stay in your body, and that's not good. That's, no, that's not good. That's big bad. So, but but that's all of us. You know what I mean? And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak for you here too, just because like I know like if you're eating normal day to day consumed food that you buy at Walmart, you probably got heavy metals in your body. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean everyone. Does. I mean, I'd say seventy five percent of the population uses normal deodorant, and deodorant has aluminum oh, in it, which is a heavy metal that goes more than seventy five percent. This the, is the thing. The issue is everything now is so expensive that you almost won't have a choice. Like, yeah. unless you want to, like, you know, starve to death. Right. And, and that's <laughs> where it kind of, like, it, it, with me, I've, you know, i got a garden outside. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it when you rolled up. It's blooming out there. i got all kinds of shit, man. But, you, like, I... Well, at least until you get to, get to a point where you're self-sufficient. You know what I mean? Like, you almost have that's to kind of suffer. That's the plan. Yeah. That's the plan. Because it, it's all about knowledge. Do you know how hard it is to learn how to grow and have a gigantic garden to provide for your entire family in one season it, i mean it's impossible that's it's impossible, not bro. it's impossible you just kind of have to you just have to go with the flow understand that's a process I, I had a garden last year that's probably like four foot long by like 10 foot wide uh didn't get a lot from it got some cucumbers and some tomatoes this year i built a raised bed i've got green beans potatoes i've got fucking cucumbers squash zucchini potatoes I've, well I'm sure there's nothing more satisfying than eating something that you there's not you and work, there's also nothing more satisfying than going out there every day and watering it and watching it grow you know what I mean so you get that satisfaction man and you know that it's good healthy foods yeah you know good for you so self care a big one I'm working on it Kyle works on it he, he goes to the gym he's not going to the gym right now because he's got a fresh tattoo but yeah I can't go to the I'm, I'm fresh off the gym for nine to ten fresh days off the until. gym uh, but, just to let the tattoo heal, but self care that right there, man, taking care well, of Well, dude, I have to credit my lovely wife for that. The future lady Richie, uh, she's she was very heavy. Like she, obviously, when we met, we I, you know we were engaged within a year, so we were heavy in it quickly. And she, yeah. her big rule to me was like, you can't die before me. So but I had to like, well, not only that, dude. Like I've had recently, I've had a lot of really close like friends. Like, I, my friend Brayden passed away through drug addiction. And, like, I've had friends that, like, you know, I mean, I've had a lot of friends struggle with substance oh, yeah. abuse. Oh, yeah, so, and, like, so to me, like, I had to, I cut down last year on drinking. I don't drink as much. Like, oh. I do get, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Kyle doesn't get sauced every once in a while. I was not like to have a good time. Yeah, I was at the weekend. I was at the don't lake. Go, don't the, go overboard with Yeah, it. I was at the lake with the boys and Sam over the weekend. And I had a, you know, water bottle full of gin and probably 12, Ooh. 15 beers after that. So, yeah. But that's like water in your body that is now like a once every th- two three months thing. Right. Whereas like two years ago, oh it was I, every day, every oh weekend. yeah, every weekend I was getting f- Lit up. fucked up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. tore up from the floor. Up. Yeah, like, straight up, I get it. Dude, I we used it. to go up. The most dangerous thing for me is like what used to scare me about talking about self care and taking care of yourself is like my my grandmother got cancer three years ago, and when I found out, I stopped taking care of myself completely before I met Sam. And we, when I was going up to the bar with Hunter, everybody, dude, I would drink like four double shot mixes of uh, Jack. A Jack Coke or something? No, the Black Cherry and Coke. And I would have oh. like five, six beers, and then I would drive home. Oh. And All that's, the way from 
from New Washington. Oh my so it was God. like it was like a you know I mean 30, 35, 45 minute drive, and I was just I just didn't care. I was just like I'd be all right. Well, see, man, and that was me, bro. That used to be me too. My dad, my dad fucking relapsed, man, on meth. Dude, I literally. He'll take you Kristen, into some Kristen dark looked, trips Kristen, in the night. Kristen literally looked at me and said, Jeff, what do you need right now? And I said, take me to Hardee's. You know what I did? I walked into Hardee's and sat at the fucking bar, and the bartender knew my dad, and the bartender knew my dad was on meth, and he sat there and fucking fed me drinks while he talked to me about my dad being on meth, and I got fucked up. I mean, dude, that's all you... Fucked. When you grow up like we did, this feels like it's the only thing you can do. Like, like all you want to do is you're but just like, see, I want to run away from this feeling. See, and this, this is it right here, bro. If I'd have known, if I wish I could just go back and give myself a hug, bro, when it happened, I really did. Because that's that's all it is, man. All circles back to what are you talking about? Like, your environment. Your environment raises you. You yeah. grew up around like I like I love my dad, but he didn't deal with his emotions a lot. No, no. To me, that is the way you deal with your emotions. Is, is you numb them and you, you know what I mean you numb them until they go away and that's what you that's why when Kristen asked you what do you need right now your immediate thought was I need to get fucked up yeah, because up. if I don't get fucked up I'm gonna feel all this and I and don't wanna yeah I, it's gonna suck. suck I don't wanna feel any of this yeah. yeah and dude that's in a lot of ways like like that's just in a lot of ways how you're raised and how like there are men out there who do don't do that and to me I'm right. just like that's such an impressive thing. that's what I'm trying to learn to do is like and, 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 express your is, emotions man. through yes, a bro. healthy spectrum. Oh my god, I love this episode, guys. This is great. <laughs> I, everything I have written down, we're talking about, and it's fucking fantastic. It's flowing like the river, and I love it. Seriously though, dude, like it's a big part of like we you talked about you brought up self care. Big part of self care is oh there it went. Switch to you now. Here, we can take a pause real quick if you want. Oh, oh you can keep. Oh man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's but yeah, so to get back into what we were talking about. Like, can you remember what we were talking yeah, about? Yeah, like having an outlet break, to bro. releasing emotions. Oh yeah, look at you. You wrote it shit down. Gotta have it, bro. Got it written down. Right always yeah. But no, so that that is one huge reason why I started this show and. Yeah, that's good for you too. Listen, comedy can be a release of emotion too. People don't realize. Like, oh yeah, dude, that's. Because when you get on there, you, you can joke about your shit, but then you can also have a little bit of serious conversations in the midst of your jokes, you know, and dive down. So, and even not even saying that like, it has to be anything related to my show, spirituality, the, the self development, or anything like that. Whenever you have an outlet to release emotions, is whenever you're able. I feel like to finally be able to live freely, you know, and this is a thing that I feel like musicians have a really big grasp on when you write music, you know, I feel like that allows you to express yourself in a way that talking you can't do, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, dude. Uh, music is a great outlet, like we create just creative things are just a great outlet in general, not, not just music, comedy, like what you do, podcasting is a great outlet, like. I think you like it's not like what you're very good at is like getting people to talk about their emotions. That's I don't think a lot of people do that just in life in general. Right? No, they don't. Because it's uncommon. It's not. It's not sad. <laughs> oh yeah. And for everybody now too, uh, 
Lady Cinema has joined the conversation. Uh, the kids are asleep, and we have some peace right now. When you call so. her Lady Cinema. It sounds like a. Like, it's very nice. You guys, I like that. you guys live in a like a Game of Thrones yes, type thing. I feel like I need to be wearing some like grand ball gown right now. My lady. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Game of Thrones is that? Look, I seen something the other day that was talking about Game of Thrones, and it said uh, there are a, a specific kind of people in the world that do not respond to peer pressure. And they're the people that haven't watched Game of Thrones still to this day. If you've not watched Game of Thrones, those are dangerous people. Those are dangerous motherfuckers, man. Because the media has portrayed how good that show is, and like, well, now you have I House did it. I didn't watch it for a long time, and then me and Kristen sat down one day, and Sweet Colin, she educated you. Sweet Colin made me watch it. Oh, and Colin it, made you watch it. Oh, Colin, Colin put us on it we, for sure. Well, I had watched a couple of episodes. My parents watched it. First couple episodes that are slow. Yeah. But no, not the first couple. Like it was just random ones oh, that yeah. I like. They had like, been watching it, and she had just with caught my parents. Yeah. And then Colin tried to put it on, and I was like, "Listen, I haven't like watched it, watched it, but like I've caught some of it, and it's like it's really good. It's rowdy." <laughs> Yeah, so we sat down, and like you said, the first season is kind of slow, man, but Game of Thrones is super, super good. Anybody out there listening, not seen Game of Thrones, don't don't listen to them. Just fall to the peer pressure and watch it because it's fire. It's good stuff. Yeah, Um, give it. It's really good. But... Uh, Kyle's usually, going to. You should uh, usually give in the peer pressure. Usually, it's, yeah, it's great things. That's yeah. a joke. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. When it comes, I mean, to, if they're peer but, pressuring you to do good things, then like, yeah. Don't but don't like, don't give in to somebody asking you to like, you know, do, do bad shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah don't, do, don't do bad things. <laughs> yeah, don't do bad shit. Yeah. Nah, don't somebody, do bad guys. Somebody's trying to pressure you to do like a little bit of cocaine. Uh, every once in a while, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, every once in a while, I'm just just joking. We don't endorse anything. No, nah, we don't endorse anything. Endorse anything the the diversity in life podcast does mushrooms. not does not endorse any of the views being espoused by the young man sitting on the couch right now. Yeah. These are all my personal beliefs. Oh, actually, before we go, so uh, I don't know how many people are actually going to listen to the very end of the episode, but I like it. So what we're going to do now is we're going to talk a little bit about the Guardians of the Galaxy thing. I brought this up with you. Oh, dude. And I, I know that this isn't something that you probably want to dive in on your show, so we can definitely dive into oh, we can dive on into my it. show. We can dive in I'm right going to tell now, you yeah. right now, that, that story with the Anunnaki blew my socks off of my feet. Chris and I told her a little bit about it. She thinks it's like too far out there. She doesn't really. It's know. quite. It's very far out there. It's, it's not, very far out there. I mean, but, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it is like. It's a lot. Really out there. So for anybody <laughs> that doesn't know, the Anunnaki story is basically like that. There were these. Uh, They're called the Anunnaki. They're a, a race that came, some good long while ago, and modified the human race, and that's kind of like where we came. Basically, from. like. And so, and and they they. Super they use this story in Guardians of the Galaxy three, and the amount of was that was that the same one that you showed me that where they yeah. like disconnected um, something that could, like whatever connects us to our third eye and like our intuition and you know like our spiritual side of ourselves was like severed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of like it's a really deep story. The Anunnaki story is like super deep, and it is very hard to grasp. I, like it, it's a it's a rabbit hole to go down. Well, but, to me, like the like the connection you made, like I don't know if you thought of it this way, but like High Evolutionary, the villain in Guardians of the Galaxy three, that's who I think of when you said that. The Anunnaki. So thing. him, him, and like the 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 group or the people that he was working with in the movie, the Guardians of the Galaxy three. Yeah, that that 
those people, the high evolutionary, they are portrayed as the Anunnaki, the people who did the experimentations on the different species that made Rocket, you know, the little raccoon, or that, like, in the movie, they literally take a monkey, and you see the monkey transforming into a human being in the yeah. movie, you know, like, so, the, the backstory, like, the, just the coincidence, could it be coincidence? I don't fucking know. It's a really wild story, and the Anunnaki story, for the people that don't believe it, it literally is translated off of emerald tablets. Like, there's a book about it. I'm gonna read it. It's like it's some deep, deep shit, man. That, like Sanskrit text. Do you have any idea what that is? You know what that is? It's like really, really. It's like the first language yeah, ever written. It's, it's like, like the... kind of like hieroglyphs, kind of in a way. But they. Uh, they found these big ass the Sumerians. Emeralds. Is that who used the yeah. thing? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Uh, they found those emerald tablets with fucking that shit etched in the stone and decoded it. And that—that's the story. Is that the Anunnaki came and genetically modified? I think I believe it was some kind of primate into human beings, like into fully functioning cognitive human beings. I don't know. It's a crazy story. It's out there. Um, I don't know. That's what this show is. We like to dive down and, uh, and open up to that kind of thing. Deep... Sh- shit blows my mind. Blows my socks off. Well, I, I do agree with you. I'm sure that it is the high evolutionary in Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is somewhat based on that. It makes a lot of sense to me. Like it's And it sounds like something that they would do in Hollywood. Like, I don't, I don't I know if you know who Walt This is the thing that gets is. me. Kind of Whenever... the Truman Show. Oh, the Minion, the, the Truman Show. Have you, have you seen the Truman Show? A very long time ago. It's got Jim Carrey, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is a banger movie. It is so good. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah. I haven't seen it in some time. It, yeah, it's, well, it, so it, it focuses on like a lot of things we talk about. Like, it's a very introspective look. Like, because do you know what the plot of the movie is? Uh, not off the top of my head. No. So Jim Carrey is the, the Truman Show is about him. He is I can't remember his word, but he's the Truman that the Truman Show is about, and it that basically his entire life has been a television show that people have watched. He doesn't know that. He has no idea that these cameras are watching him. It's his real life. Yeah, but it's his real life, and he just lives it, but people watch it on television, and then he figures it out one day. What? And then his whole movie is about so him like being like, what the fuck? I don't think fuck? I have seen that. It's so good. I'm gonna have, we're going to have to watch that. We'll have to sit down and watch that. It's one of, one of Jim's best movies. Cause it's he, messed up, but it's... How it, old is that? It's old. I've seen it, I think. I want to say 90s. It was one of his, I want to say it's one of the earlier ones he did. It was before, I want to, was it before Ace Ventura? I think so. Watch those recently. Ace Ventura is so good. They oh. slack. You could never make those movies now. No, hell no. Especially well, there's because, not another Jim Carrey. You of, can't do it without Jim Carrey. You can't do it without Well, not only that, because think the, of a the person, is a man scene. Think of a person that could, <laughs> could, get, that away, could get away with that now. No, absolutely not. Couldn't think of a person that even as close to Jim Carrey, acting-wise, personality-wise, the way, has the hair. No, and nobody could have played that role the way he did. No, no. He is, he's one of those actors. But that's just, that's just, every movie, though, you know? I feel like that's every movie. I feel like you couldn't... I disagree. I mean, there are some movies. That there are, okay, There are yes. some performances I feel like they could have been much better. Okay, yes. Yeah. But a, a lot of timeless movies, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's what makes them timeless. Like, I, a lot of movie-making is, like, Planning like I couldn't imagine, I couldn't ever imagine Michael Keaton not doing Beetlejuice. That's true. Never, ever in a million years, or like, uh, what's another one? Like a recent one is like, like after like Deadpool. Like I could never imagine anyone else. Nobody, no. nobody could ever beat Reynolds. Yeah. yeah, no, no, nobody will ever beat Ryan Reynolds at Deadpool, yeah. bro. Nobody. Yeah. And I kind of felt the same way, man, about Joker. 
with Heath Ledger, but Joaquin Phoenix did do a good job. But it's just such a different dynamic. It's such a different character because the Joker has so many different variations that you can get away with kind of making that character. Like, you don't have to be like Heath Ledger. You can do your own thing and people won't really mind. Yeah. Um, I kind of felt like like that about Spider-Man because, like, I liked all the Spider-Men. Like, you know, like... Andrew Do I think Garfield that there are a couple that were better? Ass. Yeah. Sorry. No, but he was. Okay, he, he's my least favorite. How dare you? No, how dare you talk that trash about? Actually, no. You know what? I think he did a good Andrew job. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that back. He's my least favorite, but the movies. I still like him. Like he still did a good job. I didn't like him because Jamie Foxx's character sucked. The movies that he's in are bad. Are bad. Okay, Andrew Garfield. I really loved the scene in the new Spider-Man whenever he saved. He saved. I cried at the end. Whenever Andrew Garfield saved, uh, the, the what's her name? MJ. Yeah. Zendaya. Yeah, bro. Zendaya. Dude, I literally lost my. I didn't even like. He that. was like, "Are you okay?" Dude, She's I love like, yeah, Tom good. Spider-Man. And he's just Tom like, Holland, oh. yeah. "That's great." I love him as Spider-Man. Too. First off, Tom, Tom Holland. Holland. Oh yeah, he does a great job. It's one of my main crushes on Earth. So I mean, I'm going. I love Tom Holland, but also he's a great actor. He does a great job as Spider-Man. Oh yeah, he did really good in that Uncharted movie too. Did you watch that? Yeah. Yeah, he did really good in that. Him and Mark Wahlberg, that was fire. I watched watch that. all of Tom Holland's movies, Devin. I don't know if you heard me, but I watch all of them. Yeah, good. He's like, I love, know everything. <laughs> yeah, I love that beautiful English man. No, I I like Spider Man's been a big part of my life, like growing up, like because it. Oh I, yeah, Tobey Maguire was a part, big part dude, of my childhood. I um, watched the first. That's what got me into it, and then I started reading the comics, and I've been a big Spider Man fan ever since. I love Toby, obviously. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, He's a bit, he can be a bit whiny in some of the movies. Oh yes, oh, yes. but when he went emo, go. I was not. That was a that was like the part of uh, the third one when he went like emo and dark when the villain got him. That just kind of killed me. It was a little over overkill. It was over the top for you. Over the top for me. Because a lot of people okay, thought that but when down. it came out, like in the age that it came it, out, but it, it was, was right. It, it was, was in the era. Yeah, yeah like it everybody in, was it like the era. But now when you watch it, it's cringy. Yeah, no, and, the, and emo was like a really big Him acting emo then, so. is cringy. However, when he is swinging around in the black Spider-Man suit, that is the sickest shit. That is sick. That you, that, and so you just let it go. You're I just mean, like, bro, all the, right. Honestly, back then, that was like the beginning of good CGI was Spider-Man 3. Yeah. That's when CGI started to really get nice because a lot of that shit, like this, from the second movie to the third movie, the special effects was like, I don't know, man. You gotta rewatch the second movie. The second movie is the best one. Have you ever seen? Have you seen Spider Man Two recently? Like the that's the one with Black Rock. Yeah, we watched yeah. that. We watched that like not that long. Yeah, it ain't been that long. Yeah. Uh, that one, I mean, it hits so hard. That one, hit, well, this with the storytelling in that one hits so hard. I think that the storyline in all three of the originals is the best. Yeah, with the Green Goblin and then Doc Ock and then Venom and then having Sandman in there too. Well, the best part of the second one is like when he loses his powers and it does the whole thing of like. Yeah, he's Spider-Man. Like, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. But that sucks. Like, he can... Spider-Man can never really live a normal life. Like, he can't... He can't, like, have a normal job or no. have, like... You know what I mean? You can't do any of that. <laughs> Watching Peter get to be a normal guy for a little bit, and he's just like, man, maybe fuck this Spider-Man shit. Yeah. That was cool to me. Like, that he was just like, I don't want to do this. And then at the end of the movie, he was just like... Nah, I got it. I got it. Like, what? You don't really have it. Yeah. <laughs> He gets his powers back and he's like, nah, I got to go do my thing. Yeah, yeah. the shit, bro, the shit. So, Kyle, tell us a little bit about what's going, uh, what's what's coming on your show. We're, I'm well, going to be on there soon. Oh, yeah, you'll be coming on the podcast. And so one thing I want to do, like, I've really committed to, like, trying to talk about current events and stuff like that, like, what I think people want to hear about. And really, I think I'm just going to give up on all that because <laughs> it doesn't seem to work. 
doesn't seem to like attract listeners. So I'm just gonna talk about things I want to talk about. Oh like, yeah, just, just whatever you're weird passionate shit. about, like, right? Like when we talked about earlier, like I I always tell people like I've told this on my story on my show before, like how I used to listen to the cockpit voice recordings of plane crashes oh, yeah. because <laughs> Loki, so I'm a sociopath. <laughs> I don't know. It just there's something about it that just like it was very comforting to like to me in a way. To know that I was just like, well, I've never crashed in a plane and died. One of them was really funny. One of them is hilarious. And hear me out here. It is a cargo plane. There's like four people on it, and they have something on airplanes on like big seven thirty sevens that yeah. they're called. It's called the ground proximity warning system, and it is a big voice in the airplane that when you get too close to the ground or too close to something, it comes over the intercom and is like, pull up. And, like, it alerts you that you are getting awful fucking close to the ground, my man. So they're crashing and this thing's going on. Yeah, no. The best part is they're carrying on, like, a casual conversation like me and you. Like, did you check this? Did you check the weather? This thing is going off, like, 11 times. We're like, pull up. Pull up. And I'm just like, how many times does the plane itself have to warn you before you're like, all right, maybe we should see what's going on. And the last thing you hear before the plane crashes is one of the guys goes, oh, shit. And then the plane explodes. <laughs> Bro, what? <laughs> what? You just hear, pull up, pull up. And then you hear one guy go, oh, shit. And it's like, Poof. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I mean, it is sad because all four of them died. But <laughs> <laughs> what I always tell people about planes, like, I, I talk a lot of shit about planes, but it is the safest way to travel. The thing about airplanes is, like, with cars, people get in car crashes all the time. You can walk away from a car crash. Planes don't crash a lot, though do crash yeah, it's a whole lot of like when you read about it, it's a whole lot of killed all passengers on board killed all passengers on board and i'm just like so you don't get to walk away from planes one survivor yeah <laughs> there's one guy that survived and he's like crispy yeah you know what i'm saying yeah no i mean like he looks like a burnt piece of bacon when you watch interviews of him like has no skin left yeah oh, and it's so bad unless you hit the water I don't know why, but I could talk about that all day. Well, I mean, I think it comes down to the point of not necessarily trying to attract more listeners, but just talking about what you want to talk about. Yeah, what what you, passionate? What, yeah. What, yeah whatever. Being passionate is what. Yeah, but, well, I think for me, it's like, would be as, I like being funny, so I'm just like, I'm just going to talk about the things that like I think are, that entertain me throughout the week that I'm just like, this will be an interesting thing to talk about. Like I said, like, one of the topics I have on the show is like I'm gonna ask some of my friends like you think I would be like a good like think I'd be a good serial killer I'm really good. I feel like I have the I have the temperament for it I feel like I feel like I can handle horrible things and I'm very cleanly I'm just forgetful so I would like leave my credit card at the crime scene yeah. and I'd be like God damn it and then you're hit yeah <laughs> yeah the nice come right to you the... I don't know if I, I can kill it... random people I'd have to be like Dexter. I'd have to have a strict code. Oh, Dexter. Dude, I could totally <laughs> be Dexter. Yeah. You're totally Dexter. Yeah, I could do that. You could be Dexter. Yeah, I could do that. You could be Dexter. <laughs> but I couldn't, though. Dexter's so much smoother than me. And I would just, like I said, I would take, I would kill like three people, and then I would, they would finally be like, well, we found this license at the crime scene. And then you'd be like, fuck. And I'd be like, oh, all right, well. Yeah, you got me. Sorry, I'm not as good yeah. as Dexter. God damn it. <laughs> it was me, guys. <laughs> but, you know, just joking stuff like that. Like, and I'm obviously I'm kidding, but just stuff like that. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And I have, like, Would You Rather. Like, one of my favorite things to play is I have First Team All Dime Piece, which is a basically a tier list where basically we pick a topic or a topic of people 
and like I pick five, you pick five, and I can't pick the five you pick. You pick. I oh yeah, we did this on his show. And like, and then I put them up on the social medias, and fans compare the teams. Like one of the things I did, he we did. I think me and you did the UFC fighters. UFC fighters, and then one of the ones I've done was like cartoon characters, like female cartoon characters that you were attracted to as a kid. Oh yeah. And oh, obviously, yeah. number one pick, I went Jessica Rabbit, and I was just like, I could just That's pick Jessica. I could pick Jessica Rabbit by herself, and I'll put her up against all five of yours. <laughs> Mine. Uh, so this is kind of. I actually just was talking to him about this the other day. My first childhood crush was a cartoon. It was of course. A female cartoon, and it was Meg. From Hercules. From Her- oh, yes. Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> straight dude. Up. Straight up. I could talk about cartoons, oh, yeah. female cartoon characters all day. I, dude, Meg was the shit. <laughs> Meg, yes. <laughs> she was, and she had attitude. That's what. That is a big problem the for sassiness. me. Like, yeah, yes. like I don't like. That's where it's, it comes from. As well as like as the way I grew up, like my mom is very aggressive, and like everyone in my life, like my grandmother is very aggressive. So I like I don't like docile women. In the sense that, like, I, I like him sassy and aggressive. So Meg, to me, was always, I was like, God, she is just chef's kiss. Yes. <laughs> right there what you need. Yeah. Like, I would be just like Hercules, how he just follows her around with his golden retriever energy and is just like, please just let me love you. And I would right. be like, same. I would be the same way. Straight up. Just let me adore you. Another one from, God, who is it? Uh, a bit, it wasn't before. But ever since Linda Cardellini, who I'm in love with, played her in live action as Velma. Oh, <laughs> I dressed up as Velma for Halloween oh, God. last year. Did he, she look yeah, good? he was shaggy. She looked good. Yeah, she looked good. Yeah. Velma's, yeah. Straight up. That was, a, that was fun. That was fun to dress up as Velma. Yeah, it was good. You looked good. It was very good. Yeah, I can't wait to. I can't wait to come on your show, man, again. Oh, Love dude. To get it's over really, in the studio. Uh, Sure. be a good time and then another thing I'm doing soon is that belt I bought I've decided on what I'm going to do with that I'm going to make an announcement on my show for that like how I'm going to settle who gets to hold that oh yeah hell yeah so, that sounds interesting yeah. yeah there's a trivia championship belt that I have bought that I'm going to yeah it's sick it's sick I'll, just, I'll show you photos of it that I have after. let me pull up my notes there real quick uh, I have video content that I'm releasing soon I'm going to do I'm gonna review some movies uh, I'm gonna rewrite movies because they're like one of the things I love doing is like I love movies that have good like because people make remake movies all the time and I fucking hate it. I'm just I hate all the remakes. I'm, but my opinion is you're gonna remake a movie. You should remake a movie that had a cool concept but was dog shit when they made it. Right. Yeah. Remake movies like that like like what I always think of. I'm trying to think like like the Men in Black movies. You could remake that as a show. Yeah. Oh. Okay. But like yeah. that's always something I wanted to do. But like. I always wanted to rewrite movies that I thought I had cool concepts and I'm going to do that. And then I have short films that I'm making here soon that I'm going to write, direct, and have some actors in. Uh, oh, hell yeah. That's, that's awesome. Hell yeah. That's, that's awesome. It's a comedy and, thing, too. Yeah, well, that's what I was about to say. And then the last announcement I have is I have, if you guys want to come see me in stand-up, I have some stand-up shows in the future coming up in, like, August, in October. I have some charity shows with the Shriners that we're, I'm waiting to get dates but I've been booked on that. I'm yeah, open that'd be there. so cool. Shh. Definitely going to go. We have to go. Yeah, oh, we yeah. Hell go. yeah, we're going to go. It's going to be the show. And then uh, potentially in November and October, I'll be going like to New Jersey and Boston to do shows there. Sick. 
That's freaking awesome, dude. Yeah, that's, that's sick. Yeah, that's that sick. sick. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. Super cool. Doing stand up. That is awesome. Switching over the. So, when you go and you do the surgery, are you going to go as like PC gang? Are you going to go as. I will promote gang? my stuff, but I'll go as my. Probably just myself. Yourself? Like, yeah. And promote myself for a little bit. I have. I think I have a 15 minute set to open, and then I'm supposed to, like. The guy, same guy, the promoter that I'm working with that has got me booked on this charity tour. He's like, gonna book me with something else too, another charity, a couple other charity events where I'll get to MC. So I'll not only get to do like a set, but I'll be the one that introduces the comedians oh, from that point yeah, forward. Oh, hell yeah, dude. That'll be fucking sick, bro. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I hope that works out, dude. I hope all that pans out. That is cool as fuck. So then you'll be out there on the road fucking directing and doing comedy. You'd be doing it all, bro. Yeah. Well, and then I'll, I'll obviously we're gonna well, rise see, the tide okay. here. And this is the beauty of it, man. Like it's like we talk. I'll about send all these sociopath like actors to you, yeah. and I'll be like, Devin can fix you and all your fucking problems. <laughs> Straight <laughs> up, crazy people. Straight up. I don't know. He hasn't. He hasn't been able to fix me yet. <laughs> it's a work in progress. And that's one thing too, man. Is like the, your significant other is that relationship is hard, man. You know, like. Well, you have to choose your partner every well, day. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You do straight up. You do like today's. Today's been a tough day for me. Yeah, we've been bickering. We've been bickering and arguing all day, off and on. It's been a tough Dude, day. That, but not. This is the thing. Not every day is always a good day. It's not. Not every day is a good day. But like, you just gotta. You gotta find the good within the bad. Here's what. Yeah. It is. Earlier, I had to tell him to leave. Like, not to like leave, leave. But like, he was just like me. getting yeah. super upset, and I was like, "You just need to go. Yeah. Like, go, cool down, and like, I'll be here when you come back." Yeah. I mean, well, dude, the best advice, like, my grandmother gave me advice about relationships when I was, got out of my last one we talked about where I was toxic, and her advice was basically, like, the idea that both of you are going to give 100% into your relationship every single day is too much. She's like, some days you're going to be at 30%, some days you're going to be at 40%. She's like, that's what a partnership is, is the other person picks up the slack. Like, Straight up. Yeah, I mean, like, if she can tell if you're having a bad day and you need to, like, go cool off, and, like, she can tell, like, okay... I'll pick up the, you know, I mean, she's at 70%, you're working at 30 She's like, just go. I will be here willing to talk to you when you get back. And it's the same thing, I'm sure, for Vice you. Vice like, versa. Yeah, yeah like, you have to be there for each he other. He honestly does it for me more than I do it for him, but we, we both do. But that's what I'm saying. It's It takes a, it's a partnership. Yeah. I think that's what It takes two to tango, man. You that's are, what the old saying is, right? I think, yeah, well, I think, like, we talked about with men, I think a lot of dudes get it in their head that, like, the idea of, like, you're the, you're the leader of the household, you're the the man in the relationship that you're supposed to make all the decisions and do all this dumb shit when in reality you're you are partners like you cannot get through life together without it being a partnership right yeah. without you you know what i mean you talk to each other and you communicate and you figure out things together yeah oh yeah and i think a big problem like you said with is just a lot of dudes don't do that they it's, no. i'm the big man i make the choices yeah. yeah, he uh, he used to be that way. Yeah, he did. He used to be that way. He's, and I mean, it's he's because not it's because people are raised but with I'm their sure, heads yeah, filled with air, you know, just I like mean, how I, I was. Yeah, everyone. I, it's you get around a group of like older dudes. That's just how they all act. And when you're young, that imprints on you. When every male female relationship you see is someone either trying to do that and failing or doing that, it imprints on you like oh. That's how that works. See, I didn't, I didn't grow up with that. Yeah, and then when you meet a woman who didn't grow up like that, and she's like, "No, you're not just gonna tell me what the <laughs> fuck to do. I don't know who you think you are." Bro, you're like, up. what? It took me, <laughs> honestly, it took me a while to 
probably get there. At first, I let him, like, well, yeah. you know, do his thing. and like Because you think eventually you're like, he's going to, it'll chill out. And then we'll kind yeah, of compromise. Yeah, because I, I saw, like, I knew who he really was. So I'm like, you're, like, I don't know what's going on with you. But, like, I'm going to stick, like, I'm going to stick around. Like, this fucking sucks and it hurts. But, like, I love you and I'm going to stick around because I know, like, I know who you are. Uh, eventually, I mean, we got there, but it, t- it took me a minute to get there. Like, I had to, like, go through some shit to, like, get to that point. It's a road, bro. It's where, a road. I, where I was like, oh, okay, a- I'm done. And, like, the moment I was like, I'm done, and I'm not taking your shit anymore, and I, like, stood by that, he was like, oh. I think... I gotta It kind something. of boils back yeah. down to what we were talking about earlier. Like, you said you had your toxic relationship, and I had... And you know what I mean? And you were toxic to her, and she was toxic to you at the same time. And you split ways, and you left that behind. And that's good for the both of you. You both grew from that. Yeah. In our situation, both of us were toxic to each other. Well, dude, this... And then it got to a breaking point. It is commendable for you, too, because, like, for me, when I reached that breaking point, we were both just done. I was just like, we don't need to do this anymore. Like, I don't even think you really, like, love me. The fact that you all were able to reach a point where you were like, I don't even know if we can be together, and come back to where you are now, where you have a very... What I would say is a very, to me, seems a very complete partnership. Right. Yeah. Is it that is that's that's to me that's what a relationship is. That's what marriage. That's what relationships are. Is sometimes you get all the way in the dumps, but as long as you continue to choose the other person, as long as you don't go outside, you know what I mean. Like, as long as you don't fuck, you know, as long as you choose that person and you decide to be with them, and every day it can get worked out. Yeah, bro. Anything, no matter what it is, no matter what has happened. If like, you truly care about someone and you want to build a life with them, you'll it'll be you'll get it figured out. Yeah, yeah. straight up. Yeah. That's it. That's 100%. it. That's all it takes. Because that used to be me, bro. I used to be a little turd. Literally, a we turd. all used to. <laughs> Everyone did. You know, just a turd, and I'd done things and hurt her very bad. You know, but in in that, she was able to grow as a person, become more confident, to be able to say like, no, like fuck that, I'm not dealing with that, I'm not doing that anymore. And then I was able to look back and be like, okay. I'm treating you bad because of something that's going on inside of here, you know? Something that's happening with me. Something that's up with me. It's not It's not you, it, but, like, you're showing me something on the inside that that's, you know yeah. what I mean? Hurtful. I like to pay dividends for her later. Like, here's the thing, like, the grace that she showed you while you were, you know what I mean, being awful to her while you were both going through something if she goes through something later and she you know like let's say she lashes out at you in some ways you will be able to have that experience of like well when i was at my worst she was there for me right yeah like and and if we she, literally we've been there we've done that we've been yeah and we've like recently that. like not like super recently but recently like i i got my i think it was probably been about a year and a half maybe almost two years now where I got my ADHD diagnosis yeah yeah around that time I was like going I was going through it man because <laughs> it was like, like it was, it was ADHD bad. diagnosis from the doctor basically a self diagnosis of autism through the internet and TikTok and all the stuff uh, because which it, I never ever thought it's, I it's before, hard but then I was like like oh, it's God, hard it's hard to sense. get an assessment for autism as, as a grown woman as a 30 year old woman it's hard bro well when you reach a certain point like I I, I was diagnosed as a kid, like, when I was about 10 right. with slight autism. And, like, they the whole thing they told, like, they tell you is, like, you reach a certain age where just, like, if you're not crippled with it, 
You know what I mean? Like, if it's not, like, a blind, like, it's not a huge disability, you just kind of learn to live with it, and it becomes hard to diagnose because they act like any other normal person. Like, because they, have, they learn to, they have, you have quirks. You, you learn like, to, ma- you learn yeah, to, you learn to you, become you, a different person. Yeah, straight up. You're not, like, you're, there's so many people I met in high school that would call my friends, I would bet they have, really don't know anything about me. This is the thing. Kristen, when I met her, she was 19. She's 29 right now. And she's not the same person that she was. Not at all. No, yeah, I mean, not at all. And this and this goes back to what we were saying. Like, bro, your brain isn't even fully developed until you're 28 years old. Yeah. Yeah, I used to be, like, super independent and, like, super, like, driven. Not that I can't be independent now, but it used to be, like, uh, I'm going to do everything for myself and never rely on anybody ever. And I was, like, really su- successful in, like, my career at that point. And, like, I was doing good. And I was, like, you know, like, proud of myself, like, as a person. But I was, like, <laughs> allowing people in my, like, personal life to treat me like shit. And, like, I guess, like, I just thought that, like, I deserve that or something. And, like, now it's, like, op- it's like the opposite. Like, I don't let anybody in my personal life treat me like shit or at work either. But... I'm also, like, super awkward. <laughs> I'm so awkward now. And, like, big social situations. Like, like this is fine. Like, I can hang out with a few people and, like, be cool. But, like, you get more than, like, four people together and I'm anxious. Yeah. But it's because like that she, it. like, <laughs> now, now that we've, you know, been on this journey together, you know, like, she and... That's what she was saying, like, the, the diagnosis with ADHD and a little bit of self-diagnosis autism, like, she was in a, not in a good spot, bro. Like, like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? I've been like, living my... Fuck like, I've been living <laughs> my whole goddamn life. Like, what the fuck is... I, and like, I, just, I thought, like, I, was, you know, I thought everybody like lived like this. Like, and all I can do... Everybody felt like this all every I can day do of their that, life. And, and all like, I did at that point was just... All I get at that point, like, who gives a fuck? All I can do is learn about autism and learn about ADHD so I can learn to help you live, like, just a better life, you know? Like, make it easier for you. Because, like, me and her are not the same, dude, you know? Like, with her ADHD and her autism, like, it it takes me, I can have this entire house clean two hours. Oh my god. Two hours. I am so jealous. Two hours. It takes me an entire day. Dishes. Dude, I'm talking, more dude than dishes, laundry, the, everything picked up, vacuumed. I can do it in two hours. I'm not fucking kidding. I have a the knack for it, bro. My mom in is a two hours. Clean. I can get the living room and kitchen done. Yeah, I could get the living room, the kitchen, and maybe the dishes done for you. But that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, like, it just takes one. I don't know. (laughs) Like, me, I'm able to just assert myself in my mind and go one thing, but one I'll tell you exactly how that goes. Exactly how she cleans the house. She'll start doing something. And then she'll walk by something else. That she'll say, she's like, oh, I need to do that. Yeah. And she'll do that. Oh, yeah. She'll walk by something else. Like, oh, I need to do that. And then I'll do that. And then by the time you've done that, it's been four hours later. And you're like, I haven't done shit. any of the shit I originally set out to do today. Literally just like that. I mean, you might, like, do one or two things that was on your list. Like, just because they you happen to, like, walk by them. And you're like, oh, I got to do that. So it gets done. But then you look back at the list of things that you told yourself that you had to get done. And you're like... I didn't even do like half of those. Yeah, it's the worst too because you do get a lot done. Like you get a lot of shit done, but then when you look back, you're like, I didn't get any of the shit I wanted to get done done, and you and feel you, like a piece of shit. You're just like, God damn it. Yeah, or you do like one little thing in this room, and then like another little thing in this room, and then you know, hours and hours later, you look around and it kind of looks like you didn't really do anything because you only did like one little tiny thing in each place. Yeah. Instead of just staying in one spot and, and doing all. Yeah. Of it. <laughs> 
So, but but that that goes back to that balance thing, you know. Like whenever she, <clears throat> whenever she's like having a hard ass time, and she's like, I don't fucking know where to start. I don't know what to do. I'm yeah. in the fucking bed. I can't even get out of the bed. I don't. Know. There's, the there's, best, fucking, there's laundry on the floor yeah, in the bedroom. The best thing you can do for her, the best thing you can do if you're in the house with her to do for her is to be like, you do this, I'll go do this. Because then she's got a set task and she's oh, yeah. like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I can focus on this because that's what Sam does with me. She's like, you do this, I'll go do these things. Well, she gets so wrapped up a lot of times. She's like, she's like, oh, I got to do the dishes and but this needs done and this needs done. And I'm like, okay, listen, this is what you need to do. You need to start the washer. And you just need to do the dishes and don't do anything else yep. until they're done. And then when that's done, get to the next thing. And I said, don't jump ahead. I said, whatever needs to be done, I said, don't worry about it. I'll do it okay, when I get this home. Is the like, problem. I'll pick- My brain doesn't work that way. So, like, if I'm thinking about all the things that I have to do, like, I'm like, okay, I need to do the dishes. And I'm like, but I don't have any clean sponges. Like, because we use the reusable, like, you throw them uh, in your washer and... And I was like, but I don't have any sponges clean. So, like, I need to do laundry. Well, I can't do laundry until I get some laundry soap or have a laundry soap, you know? <laughs> so, like, that means that I have to go to the store. And if I'm going to go to the store, well, we need this, 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 and yeah. this. And it just spirals and it keeps <laughs> going and I can't make it stop. I don't even realize that it's happening. Like, <laughs> it's, it's four just, hours later and you're like, oh, I haven't got anything done. That's exactly what it's like. It's very hard. It's so so hard. in this aspect, man, don't ever think that you're alone in, in those struggles. And Kristen, you don't ever think that you're alone either because, like, it's a common thing. It's obviously a common thing. Thank God that I don't have that issue. You know, I don't struggle with that. And I'm able to pick up, you know, the pieces that you can't pick up. Oh, dude, have you ever, like, have you ever, because Sam can tell me this, like, she doesn't, have you ever, have you ever watched her clean? Oh, yes. She's like, it makes, she's like, watching you try to do anything makes me, makes me nervous. Like she's like it makes me anxious to watch you do shit because I'm just like oh my god what is happening (laughs) every time I'm just like I get distracted I can't when she's cleaning I have to get away from her and go clean something else and then she's like I'll be like can you do this or like can you help me with this or like whatever it is but and then he'll like disappear to go do whatever it was that I asked but then he'll like come by me again and not be done with the task that he's on and be like hey can you do you know oh it burns me up I get so mad I'm like quit asking me to do a hundred things at one time but I have no perception of time so like I think that if you left <laughs> and you came back but obviously oh, you had hey, enough you're time done. to get yeah. you're done yeah. yeah you're clearly done with whatever task you were doing yeah, like, I, it's, it's bad. I literally have no perception of time. It's it's horrible. Well, that's what happened to me today. Like I looked down when you texted me, and you were like, "Are you coming?" I was like, "Oh fuck!" Like it is like four. <laughs> it's like four thirty. <laughs> Shit. You got, you, but that's the thing. I mean, you get home, you're changing, you're putting some clean clothes on. You know what I mean? You, you got to throw your laundry in the basket. You got to take your dishes, put them in the sink. It's just stuff that you got to you got to do. And yeah, it's just whole... subconscious. You're cleaning. You're like shit. 30 minutes went by and I got, I should have been recording this podcast an hour ago. Yeah. You know, but it, it ain't nothing but a thing. It ain't nothing but a thing. But yeah, I'm a, dude, I'm super excited to be on your show though. Uh, I don't, super I, excited I, for I'm to be show. honest with you, I don't really get a lot of time to be comedic outside of the home. Like I, I, I'm a jokester here at the house. Really? I am. And I'm super excited to be on the air, to be able to throw some jokes up and get some laughs in. And, uh. Yeah, and I definitely idea. want to. I definitely want to do some commentary oh, yeah. on the UFC. If you, if you, if you're I'm listeners, if you, if you have listeners for the UFC, oh, I, yeah, they do. I have people ask me about the fighting show all the time, and I just don't have time to do that many to juggle that many balls. I feel that. I feel that. Well, that's something that we could even work on tackling together. If that's something that anybody would like to listen to or hear about, uh, 
get with me. Or we're have to get with Kyle at the PC gang, and uh, and we're going to get something worked out because pay-per-views come on once a month. I'm a huge fan of the UFC. I would love to be able to just get together once a month, sit down, hang out, and uh, and commentate over people getting killed on live. I love that. <laughs> it's the best. You, can, you, you can't you can beat that. What about that one that happened this past weekend? I didn't even get to see it because I was in my kitchen. You were like, Whoa. Oh, I freaked out. It was the girl you that got like, yeah. the fight of the night that, that uh, was flyweight girls. Dude, first 15 seconds, she comes in and throws a bomb right hand straight to the nose, flattening this girl. Did you see that one? I think it was a prelim. I think, yeah. Or maybe an oh, early yeah, prelim. I know what you're talking about, yeah. She got fired the night, though. those prelim fights, dude. Those people with those prelims, oh, they just come dude. with reckless abandon. Before we go, man, I really need to get your... I, I, I want to know, what did you think about Robbie Lawler, bro? Oh, uh, not getting Knocking out Nico his... Price out in 30 seconds, and then that, that like, career. montage, bro. At the end of his career. So, Robbie Lawler is the one that I got started on in the UFC. Like, Colin showed me Robbie Lawler, Rory McDonald too, and that fight is what got me hooked into the UFC. Love Robbie Lawler. He's super good. When He he won his fight by knockout in uh, the last pay-per-view on 290 against Nico Price, and he retired off that fight. It was his last fight in the UFC. Oh, I remember you telling me And he knocked him out in the first round, and he just like... They had a big like memorial for him, like a big showcase yeah. of all of his knockouts right there in the octagon. <coughs> like it was super, super cool. Very like just oh maybe tear up really. I did. Dude, er, yeah. Awesome. It's here's what it is. It's depressing to watch all the people we grew up watching it fight. I know, man. But there's so many good cats old. coming. I cannot wait until Sean O'Malley fights for the title. I think Dude, that's I a pay per view coming up, O'Malley. and we He's should definitely. If we can't get a group of people, bro. We can do it over here. We can. We can probably get Ethan and Colin at least, to the very least. Yeah. I could probably we can do it here, or we can do it at your place, at the studio, dude. Either one. my place, yeah. Yeah, I'd love that. I'd love to see Sugar Sean O'Malley become the champ and commentate over that. That would be sick. That would, Sugar Sean, I love Sugar Sean. He cracks me up. He's definitely. Yeah, my definitely. Male fighter. <laughs> definitely. I love watching him. <laughs> my, definitely my favorite male fighter too. Probably. Did you have you seen this right here? Have I showed you this? Oh, the Haller Monkey. You got signed by someone. Uh, oh, Figgy, bro, Colin, Colin bought me that for my yeah. birthday last year. Oh, Figgy signed this? Yeah, yeah look, and, and that poster up there. Oh, damn, back when he was the champ. Yeah, bro. Colin got me that for my 25th birthday. They went to, uh, they seen uh, Marino and Figgy won live in Houston for, uh, I think it was Colin's birthday. Could make some money on that one. Oh, yeah. But uh, he met Figgy and bought two bottles, one for me and one for him. Damn. Got me one for my birthday, an absolute gangster. What a guy. Yeah, for sure. Old Colin Baker, shout out, former co-host of my yeah, show. Absolutely, the man. What the best friend. The Bubby. Yeah, we love Colin Baker. We're going to get him on here soon. He's not been on the show yet, uh, and uh, he's going to be on here very soon. Very soon. I can't wait to hear but, uh, that. We're going to go ahead and close this one out. We're almost at an hour and 15, uh, 15 forget, minutes there. So, don't forget yeah. to promote yourself, Devin. Tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, yeah. On the yeah. socials and the podcast yeah, apps. Find you, babe. Jesus Christ. Everybody can find me at Diversity with Devin on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. All of them are the exact same. I will leave the links for those down in the show notes. Uh, you can also find Kyle at the PC Gang on Facebook. And his show, called The Planet Comedy, is on uh, pretty much every the iTunes, every Spotify, SoundCloud. Platform. Yep, yep. I've, already, yeah. I, I've talked about myself enough. I just wanted you to talk about you. Oh, I yeah, wanted yeah, you to, sure. to tell the people about you. Yeah, how they can sure. find Everybody, you. you can find me on, uh, like I said, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok too. So, uh, yeah. You can listen to Devin's show on my feed this episode as well. I'll be putting this episode up on my feed and some video clips. 
Also, oh, yes, and we'll be I sharing those on the Facebook page. I think he said diversity with Devin, but it's diversity in life with Devin. So. No. <laughs> no, not my handle for my socials. Oh, your handle's yeah, different? Yeah, no, my handle's different? Yeah. It's I didn't just, know that. It's just diversity with Devin. See how much I know about yeah. this stuff. Right. Diversity with it. It's I'm just short. Diversity in life with like, Evan is he, too long for a handle. So. Well, not only that, like we try to get these handles, and they're always taken by somebody, and you're like, who the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should feel so lucky that you got PC Gang. That that's oh, so dude. nice. That was my as it was my handle on Twitter. I got that on my handle on Twitter, and I got the planet the planet comedy on YouTube. I was like. <laughs> get a trademark bless sir. up baby I, I have a paper trademark for it oh, at, dude, at the bank. I need awesome. to get I need to get mine I need to get mine trademark it's super mine. easy you just uh, if you basically like I can't remember how I did it you can do it yourself you print one like a notary out sign all the shit and you take it to a lawyer and then you put it in a bank like a bank vault and it's basically paper trademark. Like, you can pull that out and be like no I was gonna like basically gives you seven years to build up the capital to fully trademark your shit I have to do that. Yeah. So I have to look into that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, until next time, Kyle will be on your show here soon. And, uh, yeah. Peace, love, and travel. Yeah, for sure.